Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Good evening, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Wherever you are, whatever you are, whoever you are, it's Monday night. You are on the DBP. OMG, LOL. FWIW. Lots to get through, as always. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I am Boogie Bumper, your host, hopefully for the next hour or so. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. It is Monday night, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again for another very, very short and communist kind of week that we do here on the show. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at 11pm. Be there or kindly be square. Actually, if you are a square, I prefer you in the audience. I like squares. I don't like the cool kids. I like the nerdy individuals. They're the ones that get really obsessed with the show. So if you are a nerd, if you're a nerdy, obsessive, compulsive type, then welcome in. (laughs) Welcome aboard. We're glad to have you. So much to get through. I actually had a whole show planned of... Uh, going over Google, Google and Facebook went in front of the Senate and Congress last week talking about monopolies and censorship and all the usual stuff. And about 15 minutes before the show started, I decided, no, nah, scratch all that, scrap all of that. We're going to do something completely different. And I quickly rushed together a whole bunch of clips to show you. So we're going to go over to the UK. We're going to talk about the UK finally getting their BJ, their long-awaited BJ, Boris Johnson. It looks as though he has won. The voting has started and I think finished and they're counting the votes and everybody's pretty sure that Boris Johnson is going to be the man. He's going to be the big swinging dick in number 10 Downing Street. So we'll have a look at that. I also want to talk about uh, the young lady, the beauty queen who was robbed of her title. Yes. Yes. Very sad. It's very sad for these beauty queens to not get the respect that they deserve. (laughs) So she did an interview on CNN. I want to break that down as well. Also got a couple of weird and wonderful stories from around the web. Just a quick reminder, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper, become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to crown me as a beauty queen, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Just before we start, I want to do a little bit of a PSA, a little bit of a public service announcement. And this isn't going to apply to all people in here. And of course, it's going to be a little bit ironic and a little bit contradictory because I'm the one saying this, but... um, What we know from tech giants and stuff, and we'll we'll do Google and Facebook later in the week, maybe tomorrow. I'll push it back to tomorrow, but I wanted to have a bit more fun tonight. I mean, all the news over the last week has been pretty drab and pretty boring and just racism, 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 racism. It's like we're living in 2015 all over again, right? So, what I, I will get to the tech stuff tomorrow. What we know, the tech giants, the Facebooks, the Googles, the YouTubes, they want us hooked in. Apple, they want us permanently transfixed on a little screen, you know, six inches from our face. They want us to be constantly checking our notifications. They want us constantly checking our subscriptions. They want us constantly scouring the web for videos and clickbait articles, right? They want us constantly on Twitter. How many people just take the time out of a day to put the phone in their pocket when they're walking around the city and just look at how many people are staring down. We did the story a few weeks ago. They're discovering a new medical problem, which is uh, people are developing bone spurs on the back of their neck because they're looking down at the phone too much. They're growing little spurs coming out the bottom of their skull. 
insane stuff. In some parts of the world, they've had to put rubber rubber barriers around telegraph poles because too many people are looking down at their phone and whacking into telegraph poles while they're walking. They put the green, um, it's safe to walk across the road signage now, the lights, on the ground because they assume that everybody's looking at their phone. So the whole world, not just in tech, but outside of tech as well, the whole world is now being manipulated and massaged in order to keep us looking at our phones and keep us checking our notifications constantly. And so it might be worthwhile just to, when you can, just unplug, even if it's for a day or two. I spent the weekend, when I finished my last show up last week and I put the phone down, I barely looked at it, man. I barely checked anything. I spent a whole day just spit roasting in the sun, enjoying a nice beer, patting the dog, right? Couldn't care less. Turn the phone on silent. Do that for a couple of days. You feel rejuvenated. Like you're ready to come out the world once again. Because not only are the tech giants and not not only is modern culture trying to feed all of our interest and all of our energy into the avenues that they have created for us but we're gladly helping them along we're doing half of the work for them and you know you should never give your opponent what they want and I think it's on us to not lose sight of real life things and real life experiences and real life relationships and, you know, like that, it could be different for everybody. It could be, you know, putting a line in the water. It could be gathering with your friends, going to like your favorite tapas restaurant, whatever it is you do. For me personally, it's like I said, spit roasting in the backyard on a sunny day and patting my dog and for, you know, five or six hours just watching meat slowly turn over hot coals. That's like heaven for me. And just let all of the online information bombardment just drift into the background and make it background noise even though it might be difficult to do it's something worth doing I think for all of us balance in all things is important and we're giving the best of ourselves to these online spaces that want only for us to become addicted to them We're giving the best of ourselves, the best of our energies, the best of our attention, the best of our focus to these online platforms and tech giants and CEOs and companies that are bombarding us with advertising and stuff that if they could, would by force have us sitting there looking at a screen 24 hours a day. So it's just something worth considering, I think. But having said that, Let's get back to, but do, don't do it at 11 o'clock. Don't do it at 11 o'clock, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> Any other time, just make sure one or two hours a day from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, That's make sure that's not your unplug time, of course, selfishly. All right, let's get to our first story here. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for sharing the show out. Who saw this? Trump up popped in on a wedding at his golf course and a USA chant broke out. The wedding guests started getting excited last week when the president's schedule said he would be in his New Jersey golf club for the weekend. They knew the bride and groom, ardent Donald Trump fans, had chosen their venue with the president in mind and invited him to attend. But when Trump actually showed up at the Staten Island Newlyweds festivity Saturday at Trump National Golf Club Bedminster, the guests were in shock. A video posted to Instagram shows cheers, screams, cell phones held high, and eventually a roaring chant of USA, USA, as the couple put their arms around the president, pumping their fists. (laughs) Let me tell you why I like this story. I suspect that other politicians, old-style politicians, it wouldn't be above them to do something like this, but if they had have done it, 
all of the corporate media cameras would have been there. It would have been professionally shot. They would have been trying way too hard to look like a normal person. Do you know what I mean? I love the fact that this was shot by somebody at the wedding and uploaded to Instagram. Just matter of factly, like, hey, president just showed up. Check this shit out. <laughs> guess who Guess who arrived? Guess who's here? I would love to think that somebody on the door was like, I'm, I'm sorry, do you have an invite? <laughs> you can't come in here. This is a private function, man. I don't care who you are. So here's the video of the president gate crashing, wedding crashing, a party. I'd like to think that the best... Are they shooting money around? I'd like to think that the best man during his speech started chanting, send her back, send her back about the bride, but... <sighs> best man speeches these days. They ain't what they used to be. I thought it was a fake at first. I thought this guy's got to be an impersonator because you can't really make out his face. You know what I mean? Like, I see the hair and stuff, and I'm, I'm thinking, we're getting fucking hoaxed here. This is bullshit. Yeah, give me in the chat. The money shot? That's white privilege for you. <laughs> getting married at Trump's golf course and just shooting money out of a gun to the guests. There you go. We don't want it. We don't need it. It's fine. So I... I, I legitimately thought that this was bullshit. I thought this was a, an imposter, a fraud, a body double. But then I, it turned out that it was real. It was really him. I was like, you're fucking joking. I love this guy. Look at him getting pictures, saying hello, getting cuddles with the happy couple. <laughs> now he's got to do drunk conversations with the bride. You know, I love you so much, Mr. President. Mr. President, thank you so much for coming to my wedding. I love you so much. Don't go. Don't go. You can't go now. You can't go now. We're about to do shots. <laughs> Want to come outside with me for a cigarette? You can't go now. Like, what a champion. And like I said, this kind of thing just endears you. Like, it wasn't a PR stunt. It wasn't uh, a manufactured thing by the White House press corps, right? To get him out. Hey, he's looking like a normal person. You know, if Elizabeth Warren had have showed up, the cameras would have been there half an hour earlier. She would have walked in. Hey, happy couple. Hello, American citizens. I love that you're having a party. Can I have a beer? Somebody get me a beer so I can celebrate. It would have been so forced, right? But this guy just rocks up. Hey, how you doing? It's a tremendous, the tremendous bride. Really good looking bride. I wonder if he grabbed her. There you go. President Donald Trump. And like I said, that kind of natural appeal... You know, he, he doesn't have uh he doesn't have it trademarked. It's he's not the only guy who can do it. But those little kinds of things that just seep out into the world by Instagram, like something spontaneous like that. I, I, I love it. I love shit like that. Alright. Let's get to our main story here. You are on the Daily Boogie. Thanks again for joining us. Boris Johnson! Well Boris Boris Johnson Boris Johnson. We got to stand, stand against the, the Labour Party. We did Brexit immediately. Boris Johnson set to become next UN. Uh, UN. <laughs> well, that would be good, though. UKPM as Conservatives announce new leader. Boris Johnson is expected to be leader of elected leader of Britain's governing Conservative Party and the country's next Prime Minister on Tuesday 
tasked with following through on his do-or-die pledge to deliver Brexit in just over three months' time. There he is, Boris. Johnson and his rival Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt have spent the last month crisscrossing the country seeking to win over the less than 200,000 Conservative Party members who will choose Britain's new leader. Voting closed at 1600 GMT or Greenwich Mean Time on Monday and the result is due to be announced on Tuesday morning. The winner will formally take over as Prime Minister on Wednesday afternoon, succeeding Theresa May, who stepped down over her failure to get Parliament to ratify her Brexit deal. Johnson, a former London mayor who resigned as Foreign Minister a year ago over May's Brexit plans, is the clear favourite to replace her, with several polls putting him on around 70%. I said uh, a couple of months ago, if the Tory party wants any hope at all of being re-elected, then they probably have to elect a guy like Boris Johnson. They need a trigger. They need to reset. Theresa May was given, you know, a poison chalice, really, when David Cameron stepped down after losing the Brexit vote. She was given an impossible task of uniting the party. It was always going to fail. She herself wanted to remain in the EU. She had to manage all of the expectations from Tories and Labor alike. Because the Brexit conversation is interesting in the UK. It's not strictly partisan. There are there are Remainers in the Tory party, which is the Conservatives and the Labor party. And there are people who want to leave in the Tory party and the Labor party. And then beyond that, there's a whole subsection of conversations. Okay, so if you want to leave, how do you want to leave? What kind of deal do you want to have? Do you want to have no deal? Do you want to have half a deal? Do you want to have a full deal? If you want to remain, do you want to adjust anything? Do you want to change the immigration law, the Schengen Agreement? Do you want to change trade, the way we negotiate trade? It's it's a fucking disaster. It is a clusterfuck of competing interests, competing agendas, and lobbyists. So Boris Johnson... You know, I think whatever he does, he's probably going to piss a lot of people off. But I'm here to give you hope. If you're a fan of Boris Johnson, I'm here to give you hope. He might be in possession of a kind of secret power that would allow him to change the future as we know it. What am I talking about? Let me show you. Boris Johnson exposed as time-travelling prostitute. On the eve of becoming PM. This right here, this right here is why I absolutely love the British tabloids. Boris Johnson may have been exposed as a time-travelling cross-dressing prostitute on the eve of becoming Britain's next Prime Minister. (laughs) Johnson is the overwhelming favourite to win in Downing Street as the votes are announced from the Tory leadership race. He is expected to give Jeremy Hunt a pounding in the polls. After, after years, tipsters anointing PM in waiting as he finally takes over number 10. Boris, however, may not have counted on internet sleuths rumbling through what may be a secret identity, a time-travelling prostitute from the 1800s. The, <laughs> the snap shows a prostitute who has divided social media as to their gender, showing off their bum in a cheeky snap. Do you want to see? There he is. <laughs> Boris Johnson, the time-traveling prostitute. Look at that, though. Look at that. There is de- there is definitely a likeness there. Let's let's not deny it. There's Boris today. Okay. I mean, look at the the facial features. Look at the nose specifically. Uh, the distance between the eyes. The shape of the head. Look at that. Boris Johnson, the 1800s cross-dressing prostitute. On the eve of the of him securing the prime ministership, the original tweet captioned anonymous man posing in women's underwear was shared in 2016. It is now time for the public to perhaps know the possible the possible true identity of the man who led Britain into the battle over Brexit. One social media user wrote, "Are you sure that's not Boris?" And it looks like Boris. It really does. I'm afraid we're going to have to uh, see Boris in a G-string to confirm or disconfirm. Is there any chance we can get a picture of Boris in a little bit of lacy underwear? Any chance at all? (laughs) People are like, this is insane. No, this is the British tabloids. (laughs) 
Others, however, suggested the prostitute may actually be a long-forgotten relative of the next prime minister. That's what I'd be saying. No, 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 it's not me. It's not me. That's my that's my great 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 grandfather, who was uh, on a Bucks weekend. Yes, a Bucks weekend, up in Sheffield. Speaking as polls closed, uh, Johnson insisted Britain can leave the EU with a deal, uh, which the country has will drive will if the country has the will and drive. He compared Britain's wrangling with Brussels to landing on the moon 50 years ago. That might be a stretch. <laughs> that might be a little bit of a stretch, Boris, to compare Brexit to the moon landing. That might be a stretch, but not as much of a stretch as the corset over that rump and over that belly, right? Not as much of a stretch as, stretch as that lacy underwear over those protruding buttocks of the next prime minister. The 1800s time-travelling prostitute otherwise known as Boris Johnson. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that article will be in the show notes, just like everything we refer to. But see, this is where I started getting off on a tangent. So at this point, we were going to discuss Google and Facebook and monopolies and censorship and all of that kind of stuff. But after reading um, the truth that Boris Johnson is in fact a time-traveling prostitute from the 1800s, that led me down a path of european parliamentarians and i found this video the other day which i wanted to show you meps behaving badly and what i'm going to do tonight i'm going to introduce you to one european well former european parliament member a polish politician named corvin mickey and if you haven't heard of this guy i didn't know about him until about sort of four or five years ago or thereabouts when a polish friend introduced me to him but if you haven't heard of Corwin Mickey, you are in for a hell of a no uh, time. You're going to love this guy. So let's just play a little bit of this clip where Corwin Mickey shows up, and then I'll show. You. We'll we'll dive a little bit deeper into Corwin Mickey. Let rebuild Notre Dame. This is not Corwin Mickey. Easter. Yeah. Okay. Bye -bye. <laughs> I, I can't imagine why people want to get out of Brexit, uh, out of the EU. Good. I can't imagine why people want to get out of the EU, though. Can you? I mean, this is obviously money well spent in this room. That's, that's millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of salary right there for these people to do what they do in the European Parliament which is entirely ceremonial, which has no real power over anything that the EU does at all, really. They don't make the laws. Their votes are, you know, purely symbolic. If they vote against something that the EU Commission does, the EU Commission can do it anyway. It makes no difference. All the time about the this diversity is, that our parliament... This is Corwin Micke, a Polish politician... Now, if you put Corwin Mickey into a search engine, like Google, for example, you're going to get whole, a whole bunch of things, white supremacist, sexist, Nazi, the usual shit, right? But if you actually spend five or ten minutes um, looking this guy up, reading what he's written and listening to what he said, he's actually, he, the best way to describe him would be a based libertarian. And I don't even like using that term based, but that's really what he's, he's an angry, he's not even angry. He's a libertarian who just does not give a single fuck, right? He will just say it. No boundaries, like a free speech absolutist, a free market absolutist. And it's a very sort of Eastern European, and it used to be a very Western European trait, to just say things very matter-of-factly and not think that you were offending people and not care that you were offending people. You know, I was raised by an old German who, you know, I love the fact that she will just say things without worrying about, you know, she'll say things, gee, you're, you're, have you been eating more lately? You know, she'll say to a woman friend, have you been eating more lately? Your ass is getting very big. And I go, oh my God, how could you say that to me? And she's, what, what is the problem? Did you not want to know that your ass is getting big? You look ridiculous. I'm, I'm your friend. I'm helping you. You know what I mean? So she doesn't even understand how things like that might be offensive. <clears throat> but now we live in a time where all of that's reversed and you can't actually say anything at all, even if it's factual. 
lest it become offensive. So this guy is like a throwback to the old European values of just saying what you think and not giving a fuck what anybody says. About the diversity, that our parliament is to defend diversity. But all the time is there is a voting, we are voting for unification of everything. You are not for diversity, but for unification. This time it is Ein Reich, Ein Volk, Ein Ticket. <laughs> Thank you. Doing the, doing the Hitler salute in the European Parliament. All right. So this is a couple of years ago, and Corwin Mickey was having an argument with a feminist European Parliament member. I, I don't know what the argument was about because I can't find the full clip anywhere. But uh, this is what he said in response to this particular feminist European Parliament member. Check it out. Do you know? Do you know which was a place in the Polish physics, theoretical physics Olympiad, the first place of uh, women, of uh, girls? I can tell you, 800. So he's saying, um, do you know? what was the highest score? Like where do you, the first place for women in the theoretical physics competition. So the first woman got to 800, you know, not one, not two, not, not first, second or third, all the way down to 800. That's what he's saying. Do you know how many women are in the first hundred of chess players? I tell you, no one. And of <laughs> course, and of course women must earn less than men because they are, weaker they are smaller they are less intelligent and they must earn less that's all <laughs> of course women must earn less than men they are smaller they are weaker they are less intelligent and that is all <laughs> and he just sits down <laughs> look at the reaction look at uh oh well according to what you're saying and according to your theory I wouldn't have the right to be here as a member of parliament. And now, see, women like this ruin it for women everywhere, in my opinion. Because what she does is go into a stereotypical, you know, emotional rant. Now, you might not like the way that he said it, right? Because it's very blunt. But women are smaller, right? On average, women are weaker on average. And the intelligence thing is much debated, but what we know is there are more hyper-intelligent men than there are hyper-intelligent women, but there are more uh, super-dumb men than there are super-dumb women. Does that make sense? So women, in terms of intelligence, group like around the average more. That's not to say that there aren't super-intelligent women, but the, the, the numbers are dispersed more for men. So there are a whole lot of really, really dumb men, far more than there are dumb women, but there are a whole lot uh, really, really smart men as opposed to really, really smart women. That's that's not like, you know, that's not controversial. That's well established. That's well known and well studied. So that's basically what he's saying, but his matter of fact way of just saying it gets this woman up and out of her chair and pointing the finger. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's like, so you're angry that he's telling you these facts and the way that you, uh, you know, dispute these facts is to say things, well, according to your theory, and it's like, well, it's not a theory, right? I wouldn't have the right to stand here as a member of parliament. He didn't say that. Now, Corwin Mickey is a liberta uh, libertarian. He would say that anybody has a right to be in parliament if they get elected, right? Doesn't matter if they're male, female, you know, smart, dumb, doesn't matter. If you get the votes, then you have a right to be in parliament. But so she goes into an emotional rant as a response to his brutal reality. Right to be here as a member of parliament. And I know that uh, you're very upset and very concerned about the fact that we women... <laughs> he looks he looks very upset and concerned, doesn't he? So again, the emotional tirade, the emotional argument, accusing him of some kind of pathological condition. I know you're very upset and you're very concerned while he's smiling and laughing at her emotional rant. You're very upset that we women can represent citizens on an equal footing. And it's just like, see, this is why I don't argue with women. <laughs> you had to go and make a whole big thing out of it. What's your problem? I'll show you this one too. 
Uh, this was in the midst of the European migrant crisis. Janusz Korwin Mikke. I'll 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 uh, read what's um, being translated here for the people listening to the podcast because they won't be able to see the subtitles. This is, I'm reading Corwin Mickey's quote here. Thank you, Mrs. Ms. Chairman. Poland does not have a problem with immigrants. Poland has a problem with immigrants who, under the absurd Dublin regime, are being forced to stay at concentration camps, although they want to escape from Poland to Germany, Austria and other EU countries. Why? Because Poland has significantly lower social benefits. If we are able to abolish social benefits, there wouldn't be any people coming to Poland and the whole of Europe just to live off of handouts. <laughs> people willing to work are valuable, but they are being back, sent back to their countries and we take in those unwilling to work. This is a ridiculous policy that results in Europe being flooded with human garbage. <laughs> Let's state this clear. Human garbage that does not want to work. <laughs> now, I don't know if in this clip... You get to see the faces of the other people in the parliament all shifting uneasily, all looking like they've seen a ghost at this point. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> looking down, not knowing what to say. Oh, my God, this is awful. The America built its power because it took in immigrants willing to work and did not give any handouts. We are ruining Europe and this policy is the cause of the downfall of Europe. Look at this chick. <laughs> this one's like, oh my God. Say what? The great Corwin Mickey, ladies and gentlemen. So I thought I'd introduce you to him. While some politicians, angry libertarian types, have no qualms whatsoever stating how they feel and stating the truth as they see it, regardless of your feelings, uh, in other parts of Western Europe and in the Western world, ladies and gentlemen, other elected officials are falling over themselves to make sure that you don't think that anything they say is offensive at all. This guy is Home Secretary in the United Kingdom, Sajid Javid, and he was asked at a press conference, will he condemn Donald Trump's racist tweets? Why he was asked this, I have no idea. But I just love the fact that he's standing in front of a banner that says confronting extremism together. <laughs> because when you're confronting extremism, what's most important is you don't say anything or do anything that might potentially make people upset, hurt people's fee-fees. So check out his answer to, will you condemn President Donald Trump's racist tweets? Are you prepared today to condemn President Trump for his comments? This Condemn is such a harsh word too, isn't it? I condemn you. Like it gets used so often now that all of the meaning attached to it has really dried up and it does, it's like racist now or getting called a Nazi or a racist. People are like, yeah, whatever. But condemn used to be like very serious. You condemn somebody to death. I condemn you, sir. Used to be like an awful, dark, evil kind of... You're, you may as well be dead after somebody condemns you. But now it's like, yes, well, I condemn everything. Uh, I condemn smashed avocado on toast. Yeah, I condemn this person's Twitter account. Yes, condemn, condemn. And just a big stamp. Condemn, condemn, condemn. Whatever you got, I'll condemn it. I don't care week yeah the us and uk are to the closest allies i mean they're our closest ally and we always will be and by being good allies it also means you can uh, be critical friends uh, as well so you're quite right to ask uh, uh, about the us and i referred to it in my remarks earlier you know look i am uh, deeply concerned deeply i'm deeply concerned <laughs> now I love how they do this. He's stalling for time. He's trying to figure out a way. How can I appease the corporate media who is asking me to condemn the president of another country when he's the home secretary? So he's like the foreign, like he's, he, he deals in foreign uh, affairs issues and stuff, right? National security and shit. 
how can I say that I can I condemn President Donald Trump without condemning him? Because I don't want to cause an incident. And this guy would know just as well as anybody that if he comes out and says something harsh like, oh, Donald Trump's a racist and he shouldn't be saying that, Donald Trump will then, the targets will then be on him. <laughs> and Donald Trump will just spit out some tweet, turning this guy into a fucking clown. So he's, he's trying to find a way to, you know, very tenderly tiptoe through this minefield. On one hand, appease the press. On the other hand, don't piss off the president. What to do? What to do? Whatever am I going to do? It also means you can uh, be critical friends. Critical well. friends. So you're quite right to ask uh, uh, about the US, and I referred really? to it in my remarks earlier. You know, look, I am uh, deeply, concerned deeply concerned about the polarization that mm. we're seeing in, in parts of the US, ah, yeah. the, some of the naked populism, naked uh, populism. that we see. And uh, you just uh, yesterday... Yeah, we. So you may have heard yourself. There were a chance uh, of send her back. Ah, this is going on in the U.S. today. Yes, send her back. Imagine yeah. if people were saying to me in Britain, "Send him back." <laughs> to be, I, to be fair, I, I I suspect people who don't like this guy probably have at some point. It might not have been a chant at a political rally, but I'm sure plenty of people sitting around their kitchen tables have said it. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a lot of people out there that say it, so. I know how I'd feel, but I, I, yeah. I'd like to think most of society would think that's just completely unacceptable, completely unacceptable. in a modern, you know, liberal democracy to have that kind of situation and not be appalled by it. Don't, don't you have an issue with um, people wandering around the streets of London throwing acid in people's faces? Isn't this a problem? Don't you have an issue with stabbings going through the roof in London? Doesn't Does the UK government not welcome back former ISIS fighters and give them free housing? Oh, I'm, very, I'm deeply concerned. I'm deeply concerned. Deeply concerned that, uh, you know, the naked populism. I'm deeply concerned that some people in the United States were chanting, uh, uh, send her back, which, which you know, is, is deeply offensive. And I think I hope that most people would think that is uh, com completely unacceptable in a modern liberal democracy. And 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 and, sir, minister, what shall we do with the returning ISIS fighters? Uh, can we give them free housing and welfare payments? Well, yes, of course. Yes, we're not going to. We don't send anybody back. <laughs> send her back is is abhorrent and racist and evil. Uh, we take, here in the UK, we take the opposite approach. Bring everybody in. Bring them back. That's, that's what we say here. Because we are a modern, progressive, liberal democracy. And we, you know, we don't want to be offensive to anybody. So where the US is now chanting, send her back, here in the UK, I want people chanting, send them here. Send them here. <laughs> Bring them home. Bring the boys home. Those brave ISIS fighters. So you know, it's, it's not uh, something that uh, I, I want to uh, see or hear um, in, in the UK, and it's incumbent on all of us uh, to yes. fight you know, prejudice yes. in all its forms. It's incumbent on all of us to fight prejudice in all of its forms. Unless, of course, you fought for ISIS in the last few years. All right, let's do this one. Beauty queen defends tweets that stripped her of crown. Those poor beauty queens. A Michigan beauty pageant winner and outspoken supporter of President Trump has her crown revoked. She claims it was over her political... See, now outs outspoken supporter of Donald Trump is now, uh, it's now a data point. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that's just slowly crept in? See, I tend to think that if, um, you know, I could be wrong. But I, my suspicion is if a Democrat um, beauty queen lost her job for tweeting something that somebody thought was offensive, then her particular party affiliation would not be a point of interest. You know what I mean? It would just be beauty queen sacked from pageant for tweeting offensive things. They wouldn't say beauty queen and ardent Hillary Clinton supporter. Like, I never hear that. Have you noticed that? Former beauty queen and outspoken supporter of Barack Obama. Like, that's something that you need to know. Outspoken supporter of Donald Trump. 
Exactly. Cleo in the chat. Outspoken? Question mark? Yes, you're not. You can be a supporter of Donald Trump, but you've got to keep that shit to yourself. You know what I mean? But on CNN, that's news. Well, did you hear that a beauty queen supported Donald Trump? Well, I never. Well, I never. That's the kind of shit we need to know. Had we known that she was an outspoken supporter of President Trump, we would have sacked her immediately. Not six months into the thing. Winner, an outspoken supporter of President Trump, has her crown revoked. She claims it was over her political views. Kathy Jew was abruptly stripped of her title of Miss Michigan last week after some past tweets came to the attention of pageant officials. Ah. And Kathy Jew joins us now. Kathy, thanks for being here. So, Hi, Kathy. So just to get the story straight, the pageant officials said that they found your social media content to be offensive, <laughs> insensitive, and inappropriate. Ah, all my favorite words. and all, all my favorite words thrown into one little convenient little package. Offensive, insensitive, inappropriate. Inappropriate for what? Inappropriate for a beauty queen? <laughs> Kathy, didn't you know what you're supposed to do as a beauty queen is wear high heels, wear a sash, parade around, stick tapes, you know, tape dresses to your buttocks and your breasts and promote perfumes and makeup lines. That's your job now. You're not supposed to have an opinion on things. You're not supposed to get into discussions on Twitter about politics and racial racial issues and all of that kind of stuff. Especially not if you're an outspoken Donald Trump supporter. You've got to keep that shit private, man. Do you see why they felt that way? <laughs> see the weaselly question. The weaselly question. See, if you were being genuine, there is, there is no genuine uh, quality to the corporate press at all anymore. If you were genuinely asking about this, you wouldn't say, do you see why they feel that way, right? You would say, do you think it's fair? Like, because it's not what she's being asked her opinion on the feelings of the person that fired her. And that's not a genuine question. Because if she says, I understand why they feel that way, then they'll say, well, why'd you do it then? You obviously are, you're obviously doing it to offend people, right? If you were asking genuinely, you would say, uh, Kathy, do you think it's fair that you lost your crown because of what you tweeted? That's what I would ask. And then she would say no and explain why she thinks it's not fair. If you're asking, do you understand how they feel when they sacked you? Then you're trying to corner her into a position where she can only agree with the people who are trying to demonize her. And that's disingenuous. But of course, this is modern journalism, right? Honestly, you shouldn't just take you know tweets out of context. I think it's super important to full the full the full context of the tweet and the full conversation. Um, everything I've posted was, was my statistics and opinions, and I think that you know we should be empowering women's voices and not just stripping them of their title only because of their opinions. So let's look at some of your posts that I think yes, that they had do. objections to. So here was one. This was from October 2017. I think it was in reference to some conversation about Black Lives Matter. You wrote. Did you know the majority of black deaths are caused by other blacks? Fix problems within your own community first before blaming others. So do you see how that could be seen as offensive? <laughs> you know, this tweet was on actually... Well, yes, of course, because <laughs> it's facts. Can't have facts. ...in response to another person uh, talking about how all blacks or all cops are bad people, that they kill um, innocent black people. And I think that you shouldn't just put a... That's not offensive, though. That's not offensive, though. If you're, if you're bashing the police and saying that they're all evil and they're all racist and they're all KKK and they all just shoot people because they hate them, that's fine. That's fine. That's not... Nobody asks, can you see why that might be offensive? It's just assumed to be okay. That's perfectly fine. Blanket statement over all cops. Um, you know, again, read full tweets and context uh, to make sure to, follow, to see the full story. Yeah, but I mean, I guess your point of, did you know the majority of black... <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> So I guess um, what you should do is read the tweets in their full context, in the con in the context of the full conversation, and not take tweets out of context. Yeah, but racism, bro. Yeah, but you know, it's kind of offensive, right? <laughs> yeah, but that's what you want to hear. Please read my tweets in the full context of the conversation. Yeah, but full story. Yeah, but I mean, I guess your point of, did you know the majority of black deaths are caused by other blacks? What's your point? Uh, um, that does, the, does the point not, is the point not clear? 
See, she's very patient because at this point I would be saying, I don't understand your question. You're asking me what the point is. The, the point is right there. Do you? What do you think the point is? Do you think the point is that, you know, there's I've got a swash sticker tattoo on my on my upper arm here? Is that what you think the point is? Do you think the point is bigotry? <laughs> Are you an idiot? That's a statistics. You can find that on FBI's website. Um, this is all backed up by statistics and facts. I think it's really, really um, awful how, how the left thinks that uh, statistics and facts are racist. <laughs> <laughs> look at the look on Alison Cameron's face. <laughs> because more offensive than statistics and facts, ladies and gentlemen, is somebody telling you that... Uh, it's really sad that you think statistics and facts are racist and offensive <laughs> because now <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, Alison Camerota looks like she's just had one of those passive aggressive bitch slaps that occurs in a salon or a bar, you know, like, yeah, I like your dress. I'd love to see what somebody I'd love. I'd love to see what it looks like in a size six. You know what I mean? That kind of bitchy shit that girls do to each other? No, your dress looks fantastic. I'd like to see what it looks like on a young woman. You know, <laughs> you do it well, considering. Passive-aggressive bitch slap. <laughs> and Camerota just looks like... She looks like she wants to jump down the camera and strangle this beauty queen. Because not only is she more attractive, then now she's just owned her on her own TV show as well. And all while smiling. Anything I said was uh, remotely wrong. I stand by every tweet that I, I post. And do you know who causes the majority of white deaths? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so now all of a sudden we care about who's killing the white people? <laughs> because what she's going to do now is ask questions like sideways uh, sub questions to everything. And as soon as she says, well, I don't know, she's going to be like, well, so if you don't know all the information, why are you tweeting about it then? But it'll be something completely unrelated. Yeah, um, this is, a, a, you know, apparently this is white people cause white deaths. Alison, I don't want to get into like a kind of stereotype um, out leveling thing here. But do you realize the folly of asking an Asian if they know a maths question? <laughs> like, I don't want to sound racist or anything. But do you understand the potential pitfalls when you challenge an Asian woman on statistics and data and mathematical acumen? Do you, do you realize what you're doing here? This would be like going up to a six-year-old Chinese boy and challenging him to play Beethoven. <laughs> the, guy, the kid's just going to crack his knuckles and he's away. <laughs> away. I bet you that you can't play ping pong. Um, uh, uh, okay. Really? It's not even that's the issue. The, the issue is that people didn't know that I was responding to another person calling uh, cops uh, bad people. Right. I guess my point is, why would you focus on blacks causing black deaths? <laughs> why would you focus on it? Yeah. My whole Twitter feed is just about black people, bro. This is exactly what the point she was making. She's making Alison uh, Camerota look like a fucking idiot here. She's saying, don't take one tweet out of context and focus in on that tweet. And well, I will, I will decide what the focus is. We took one tweet. We took it out of context. We are focusing on this one tweet. And then you harass the person and ask them, why are they focusing on the thing in the one tweet that you're focusing on? Why did you focus in? You, I'm sorry. Are you asking me why I focused on uh, the black statistics after you've taken that one tweet out of context and focused on it? You're the one that's focusing on it. <laughs> when the majority of white deaths are caused by white people. Why? You know, this is why. Why are you talking about one statistic when there are other statistics around too? Why are you mentioning this particular statistic when there are millions of other statistics in the world? Why are you doing that? Sounds sounds like the kind of thing a, a racist might do. To just mention a statistic, and I love this. I love this. Uh, this screen grab here. The the beauty queen's like, ah. Oh. 
<laughs> you know, like she's one she's one second away from rubbing her temples, going. <sighs> I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering why would you focus on that one statistic when there's a whole galaxy of statistics out there that you could have referred to? I don't get it. People think that that has a ring of racism to it. A ring you didn't of racism. Mention the white statistic. It has a ring of racism because you didn't mention the white statistic. Could you imagine if academia had to exist in this universe? Could you imagine if in order to discuss a particular problem or a particular statistic or a particular specific set of data points, you weren't allowed to discuss it? You weren't allowed to mention anything unless you mention all of the data points to go along with it, right? You see, people are saying it's racist because you didn't mention anything. You didn't say how bad the white people are. <laughs> see, if if you um, buttress all of your online communications with, just just put a tagline at the end of every tweet. I think we've found a loophole here. I think we've found a way around this problem. Just say your statistics, say what you've got to say, but then at the end of your tweet, just put, um, by the way, also, white people are bad. And then it'll be fine. Because if you mention you know, white people and white people in a negative context, then it won't be racist anymore. Do you see the way around this? Thank you, Alison Camerata, solving problems and she doesn't even know it. She's a genius. Again, this is in response to another person's tweet talking about how cops kill black uh, people. And this is, you know, I can't just take a tweet and just, you know, turn it around saying, oh, white and white violence too. Of course, everyone has problems with their own communities, and I completely understand that. But, you know, we have to empower women's voices, honestly, to, sh to show that, you know, we could have different political opinions and that not just statistics and facts are racist. <laughs> now she's pulled the woman card on her. Oh, this chick got skills. She does the FBI crime statistics. She doesn't get sucked in. And then she pulls the woman card. It's like, well, hey, why are you attacking a woman? I thought we're supposed to be empowering women, Alison. <laughs> now what are you going to do? Well, first of all, the pageant isn't, wasn't calling you racist. They were saying insensitive ah. and offensive content. And again... Ah, see, they, this is why we use those ambiguous terms, right? We're not calling you racist. We're saying the thing that you tweeted was insensitive, offensive, and inappropriate. Ah, right, 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 right. This is not racist. So she, this, did you see what just happened here, though? If this were a chess match, Alison Camerota is at the stage of the chess match where she's got, like, the king, one pawn, and a rook. And she's just trying to race her, her king around the board to try and get away, and the other chick's got all of her pieces still on the board. So in the previous sentence, Alison Camerota said, do you see why this could, why this has a racist ring to it? Like, look at the underhand. This is what I'm telling you. It's so disingenuous. It is so slimy and sleazy and disingenuous what these people do. The, the very previous question, she's like, well, can you see why it has a racist ring to it? Because you mentioned black statistics without mentioning the white statistics. And the girl in response quite rightly says, well, I can't mention like all of the statistics in one tweet. This was a specific response to a specific question. And, you know, I don't think that we should be calling each other racist for, you know, um, putting facts online. And then the very next sentence, Alison Camerota is like, well, hang on, nobody's calling it racist. <laughs> Where did you get that? Where did you get that from? <laughs> you crazy girlfriend. Nobody called you a racist. They said it's offensive and inappropriate. Nobody said, but you just said race. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Can you see why this is racist? I don't think it's fair to call it racist. Well, nobody's calling it racist. It's like you are talking to a goldfish. And of course it's deliberate. Of course it's deliberate gaslighting that's taking place here, right? And I, I, think the, I think the whole point is to just make the other person lose their shit. To make the other person lose their cool and say, hey, look, stop fucking with me. You just said it was racist. And then they can go, whoa, whoa. Emotional conservative got triggered. Snowflake. Woo. You know what I mean? It's not genuine. There is no genuine 
uh, aspect to this at all. You're the person who focused in on that statistic. You're That's the one. The statistic that no, you- no, Alison, you're the one who focused in on that one tweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like talking to a mental patient. Can you see why this is racist? I don't think it's right to call it racist. Well, nobody said it was racist. <laughs> I think it's wrong to focus in on one tweet and take it out of context. But you're the one who's focusing on the tweet. Actually, you're the one who brought the tweet up. No, you're the one that's focusing on it. This racist tweet. Well, it's not racist. Who said it was racist? Jesus Christ. It's it's like a Marx Brothers routine. It is, it is like a comedy skit written in the 1940s, this stuff. And if they, weren't, if they didn't mean it, if they weren't trying to push agendas here, it would be comical. It, this could be a stage before. You could have the CNN travelling roadshow. They could go around all of the little different towns, sell tickets, and watch people, you know, bash their head against the wall trying to make sense of it you decided to highlight instead of police excessive force, showing those statistics. And so this is what got the attention of pageant officials. You know, that's actually false because... (laughs) You decided to focus in on this one statistic and instead of all of the other statistics that we ideologically push as truth and not offensive, right? You decided to focus on the, st- the kind of statistics that blow our narrative out of the water and we can't allow that. You racist. It's not really racist. Who said it was racist? Bitch. <laughs> if you read the text through the state director, she actually uh, quoted the tweet that I said and called and said, is this racist? This is racist, right? I mean, uh, you know, again, this is taken fully out of context. And I think that, you know, if you actually think that statistics and facts are racist, I, I don't know what to tell you. I think, no, again, just we which should... which ones you highlight. I mean... So now we're back to saying it's racist again, right? If you think statistics and facts are racist, I don't know what to tell you. And Alison's like, well, it's just the ones you highlight. So in, in, in essence, these statistics and facts here are racist, but they're racist because you're not mentioning other statistics and facts at the same time. Statistics and facts aren't racist. Nobody said it was racist, but they're definitely offensive and inappropriate. And if you think the statistics and facts are racist, well, it's probably because you're using the certain statistics and facts that we call racist. Not that it's racist or anything. Are you following along at home? Are you you keeping up? It's just which ones you highlight since, you know, you could have said the thing about white people. But let's move on to your next. You could have, your next. You could have put uh, statistics and facts out there about white people and that would have been fine. <laughs> and the unmasking is complete. Putting a statistic out about black deaths. Why, that's racist and offensive and inappropriate. If you think statistics and facts are racist, then I don't know what to tell you. Well, it's just the ones you highlight. So you decided to to focus in on this particular statistic, and that makes it racist. If you had have put out statistics about how awful white people are, that would have been fine. Don't you get it? (laughs) (laughs) The invisibility cloak comes off. Statistics and facts about white people, no fucking problem. Statistics and facts about black people, Racist. Racist bigot. Absolutely sensational stuff. Alison Camerota. Ladies and gentlemen. Showing everyone what an absolute joke the corporate press is. With that, guys, that'll bring us to the end of tonight's show. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to give me some evil statistics about white folks, then please do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Don't forget to follow our friends at RealPersonPLTCS for the best 15-minute data downloads on the interwebs and Chris Mack at ChrisMC44 for 44 periscopes a day. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. I'll be back tomorrow night at 11 p.m. Until then, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone.
do have a podcast. If you jump on my timeline at Boogie Bumper, you'll see the podcast link go up in about 15 minutes from now. It's on iTunes, Player FM, Last FM, uh, iHeartRadio, Podbean, The Daily Boogie. Thanks, guys. See you tomorrow night at 11 p.m. Bye-bye.